0: God, thank you so much for Jacob. Thank you for the gift that he is to this group. Thank you for the leadership that he provides for us. I thank you for the example that he gives to us of what a leader should be, one who serves and one who loves. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you would bless him tonight, give him peace right now, and I pray that uh, you would allow us open up our ears and open up our hearts and listen to what you have to say through him and i know that you're going to work powerfully tonight and move in our hearts and touch our lives thank you lord in jesus name amen Sweet. Um, First of all, I want to say you guys are awesome. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. Seriously, I've been super blessed. Um, It's been super cool. I love all you guys. Um, uh, For those of you who really don't know me that well, my name is Jacob Bagool. I go by Jacoby, or Jacobus, or anything that starts with the J, really. If it's out of the park, maybe talk to me about it, but. After that, we're all good. Um, Personal things about me: I love apple crisp. Uh, It's one of my favorite fall time desserts. And actually, my mom's making some for me tonight. So when I get home, I got a little something cooking up. So my taste buds are ready. Yeah. Ah, yeah, cinnamon apple. Yeah. Yeah, and there's apples upstairs, so I can take some to go. Um. Uh. Yeah. Really. Not too exciting. I like to stay in a lot. Don't really like to I go out. To oh, twenty-one. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Uh. That's just kind of a small introduction. Oh, I also like dogs and cats and all that other stuff. I always told my parents, just to rile them up, that I wanted something dangerous, like a like like a little lion cub or like a rhinoceros. I was like, I can just ride it to school or something like that and then I saw like all those National Geographic specials of people who keep these like dangerous animals as pets and they like lose an arm or something (laughs) or something crazy (laughs) like that so I was like well maybe I'll go with something smaller yeah I like hedgehogs those aren't dangerous so um sweet so that yeah just a little bit about me um tonight I'm just gonna share my testimony and wrap it in with a few other things Um, which I'm super excited to do. So uh, to start things off, I grew up... uh, Well, me and my sisters are adopted from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, If if you like barbecue, go to Texas, because they will hook you up. Rib capital of America. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I like to call it. Um, And, yeah, so at a really young age, I was adopted right after birth. Um, My parents uh, were living up in Minnesota, so they brought... Me and my sisters up here after adopting us. Um, And uh, grew up in Coon Rapids, um, which is probably 25 or 30 minutes north of here, and then kind of that Anoka area, for those of you who are familiar with it. Um, Really, from a young age, um, I was just living a normal life growing up, you know, in the early stages of after I was born. it was things were going well you know uh, just the normal action school after school activities um, until one day I had to do a presentation um, and someone had I was like oh it's going to be so cool I'm going to be able to share that I'm from Texas and all these really cool things and uh, I remember I was in Miss Johnson's second grade class and someone asked me how does it, how do you feel having parents that are white? And it had never really occurred to me. To, to me, they were just my parents. You know, I lived with them, ate with them, um, it was normal life. And I was like, huh. I don't really know, you know, what that feeling, I, I never really thought about it. But as I started to process it and as I started to think about it, it became a reality is I did stick out when I went out different places, me and my sisters. And, you know, we did have people come up and ask and say, oh, we think it's so wonderful that, you know, your kids are adopted uh, and we're so happy for you. And my parents were like, oh, thank you. That's great. That's great. Um, But really to me, I began to question why. Why was I adopted, you know? And at a young age, you kinda have the wheels racing, you know? You have a lot of questions really circling, like, who am I? Or mine was, where did I really come from? Like, I'm from Texas, but really, what happened that I got to this place? And, um, as time went on, the questions got to get bigger. Um, just kind of more surrounding my identity. Um, I would often ask, you know, uh, my parents never went into detail, but they would always say things like, you know, we love you very much, and so did your parents who gave you up for adoption, but it didn't mean anything to me because I had unanswered questions Mm -hmm. in my heart. And I didn't know it at the time, but that little piece of identity that I had known myself to be all my life leading up to that point was completely destroyed and shredded and I just felt like I was just a kid walking around not knowing who I was um, as I got older um, and people began to know that I was adopted more and from you know in a lot of situations with kids who have been in foster care or or, or come out of foster care which are kids we worked um, with my parents did foster care as well a lot of the situations were abusive homes and abusive relationships that those kids had come out of. Um, I had never experienced that because I was adopted right away. But I would always, you know, people would always joke around, or um, I remember some people would just say really stupid stuff just to get under my skin, like, oh, what was it like having people that, or what was it like having parents that were addicted to drugs before you were adopted? Or what was it like having parents that were criminals? that you couldn't stay with them and kind of like in like that you know or what is what was it like you know having parents that are from the hood first of all I have no idea what that's like I have no idea anything about the hood I'm I'm one of those people that if you ask me that I would rather sit down and have a cup of coffee with you and Wikipedia about the hood instead of like <laughs> what it's like to live in the hood. So that's like how much I really know about that. I know nothing about that gangster lifestyle or anything about that. That's not me. I'm a man of peace, you have to understand. I don't like that violence and conflict or anything like that. I prefer sitting next to the fireplace drinking hot drinks and reading. So Spy House Coffee, that's another place. Um, oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but in that moment, I was thinking well, were my parents <laughs> like that? Or, like, what's going on? And, like, you have, like, all these questions that is, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say. I was just, like, a young kid. I was, like, um, I guess, which really isn't a response, but it was, like, the best I had because I just didn't know. Um, and that kind of to began to affect me down the line as the years went on, which I'll touch on in, in just a couple minutes. So we have the transition kind of from middle school or elementary school, and now I'm kind of in the middle school and junior high phase of my life. And um, I'm still struggling with my identity. I, to, I don't have one. I, I I'm just, It's kind of like an everyday, day-to-day battle of me against the world mentality. Um, And there were things that I struggled with, personally. I I remember, um, you know, not doing very well academically, um, especially when I was younger. And my parents, I just remember them wanting them so badly for me to do well, because they know I could do it. And there was just something in me, every time I struggled, or everything that, something that would come up inside the classroom, it, it would always... Fuel the self-hatred within myself, you know, and I would blame my adoption on myself. I would tell myself, and I would believe the lie of the enemy that said, you're such a screw-up that your your parents didn't even want you. That's why they gave you away. You're just an unwanted kid living with people that really aren't your parents, which is, you know, a lie that I kept telling myself, too, and that I don't belong. I thought to myself, there is no place for me here. Absolutely not. And every day, I just remember having this such, wanting to change, like, you know, to change myself in a way that I couldn't. And I, it's like I wanted to go back in time. Have you guys ever seen, like, Dexter's Laboratory, where he builds all those cool gadgets and stuff, and those time machines? That's what I wanted. I wanted to completely change the course of history and make my life look presentable to my family i wanted my to make my life look presentable to the, the people around me because i just felt like i'm just a kid who has nothing to offer anyone so i began to you know think to myself i'm gonna run away you know i'm gonna get out i'm gonna you know start somewhere new my family will be way relieved that they don't have to, to, to put up with my screw-ups or, or my struggles, um, and, it'll, well, I'll just be happier. So I'm planning and I'm scheming. I have, like, 10 bucks in my wallet, which, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get very far with that. But it was just a real mentality that I had that I had to make a way for myself. And I had a real survivalist mentality through that. Um, So something happened where I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Um, You know, I really have no idea where I'm going to go. So I was like, well, I'll just think about it, you know. And then after time went on, some some things happened, and I was like, oh, I want to stick around. Mm -hmm. So even then, like the Lord was saying, like, you know, using the voice of reason with me to say, hey, like, you still got your sisters, you got to watch out for them, you know, you got to take care of this, you got to take care of that. And I was like, okay. Um, So I didn't. And that was really what my junior high years consisted of. Um, Then once I got into high school, well, at the very end of after I graduated from the eighth grade, um, my parents uh, lost their home to foreclosure, meaning that they weren't able to pay um for the mortgage and everything like that and the bills were stacking up so we lost our house and um we ended up moving in with my grandmother and I didn't really know it at the time uh, I, and I like until really about a year later what the full meaning of that was but um I just knew that something wasn't right i remember standing in the grocery store line and my mom's card getting declined because we didn't have enough money to pay for groceries. And how bad I felt seeing the look on her face, knowing that we had to put stuff back um, and walk out of the grocery store empty-handed. And something inside of me kind of almost, like, snapped. I I was angry, but I wasn't necessarily angry at God. I was just angry at the situation that was around me. And... Um, as I got older, there was stuff I wanted to do and stuff I wanted to pursue. And I had watched my dad, I literally watched my dad work two to three different jobs at a time to provide, to make sure that we had enough. And just, like, I wasn't really seeing the reality of it. And I was always scared to ask for everything. I was like, there's never enough. There's never enough to have. So what popped into my mind was, just take it, just take it, and, you know, I had a, a conjoined account with my parents at the time, and, and, um, uh, I was like, I'm just going to transfer, like, ten bucks, it won't be big, but once I did that, and once I opened the door to that, there was, had something been set in motion that, where I was like, oh, I want more. But I can't ask my parents because they're struggling to pay for this. So if they just notice 10 or $15 gone, it won't be a big deal. Well, that began to add up. And now we're getting into, like, hundreds of dollars here. And I got caught into that with my grandmother as well because she was so generous. If you guys haven't met my grandmother, it's literally the sweetest person you will ever meet. Like, Seriously. If you you'll come over on a regular night and she'll set up like the tables buffet style and we will feast. I kid you not, like that's just the kind of woman she is, and um. But even even her and the generosity and the grace she had shown me, I would find myself taking five or ten bucks, and I was living really selfishly, because of a need that I felt or that or, or that I wanted, and one of the, eventually I was caught, and um, let me tell you, it was not. A fun day at our house when that happened. Um, but all through all that and th- that time of, of doing that and being disciplined, I thought to myself, why did I screw up so bad? I'm such a failure. Like, I just totally screwed my parents over. I screwed my grandmother over. Um, there's no meaning to my life because all I do is screw things up and mess things up for everyone else. And as I got to um, junior, uh, through high school, I still was struggling academically in some places. Um, I was just making not very good decisions. Uh, I was staying out late, not really having, I didn't have a, like a purpose in my life. I was just kind of living to survive. And just over and over and over again, I would see my friends going around saying you know oh i'm doing this or i'm doing that and my family's doing this or i'm doing that and i was like here i am as a kid who's messing up inside and out of the classroom and all my friends are off doing these great things and one 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 day i was just sitting there um and I was like, you know what? I've gone through so much crap. My parents, I've put them through enough. Teachers don't really respect me as I think they should. I'm just going to kill myself. And so I remember going into the kitchen. And I didn't really know like how to do it. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a knife and just slit my own throat. And I was like, it'll just be real quick, and the pain that I'm feeling on my heart and on the inside of me is just going to completely go away, and I'm not going to have to deal with that anymore. And I won't have to worry about being such a failure to my parents. I won't have to worry about just being this screw-up to my friends. Um, and there just won't be any need for anyone to do anything for me anymore because all I do is drag people down. And just the lie of the enemy that had circled over and over and over again in my life was just like building up. And it was like, almost like, it's like my throat or my mouth was open and like he was like force feeding these lies like down like into my being just kind of saying like, you're not this, all you do is mess this up. You're not that, all you do is screw that up. There is no reason for you to be alive right now. What are you waiting for? Your parents won't care. People might be sad for a little bit, but in the end, they'll forget. And that was the lies that I, from the enemy and the lies I told myself, really, all through high school. Like, on the outside, I looked like a kid who, was, who, who got along with people, you know. In high school, like I, I was on homecoming court. I was on student council. Um, but inside, I was a broken kid crying out for help and I just remember different nights standing in front of the knife drawer at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night getting ready to take my own life and someone something in my mind was like holding me back and um either something would happen like one of my parents would come upstairs because they were downstairs or I would just be like, oh, I'll I'll just, I got to plan better. I'll do it the next night. Um, and so, like, night after night, I was, like, planning and scheming, and something else would happen, and, like, I would be like, okay, f- now for sure I'm going to do it. And I just remember, like, the repetitive cycle of weeks of that happening. And um, just remembering just the, the sense of the the feeling of not self word I had Worth I had, and the feeling of hopelessness that surrounded me. And one night, and I really believe that this is uh, the turning point that really, you know, changed things. Um, I had always really experienced the Lord in different ways growing up, and just different kind of, you know, encounters and dreams and visions. Um, but one night, I was lying in my bed. And I just heard this voice, like this really faint whisper. And it was like, Jacob. And I was thinking to myself, okay, no one's out in the hallway. And all the lights are off. So I just was like, okay, whatever. And um, I thought my mind was almost playing tricks on me in a sense. But then I heard it again. And it was like, Jacob. Like this really faint whisper. And I was like, I didn't even say anything. But I knew, like, the Lord, and he he said to me, do you not see the value that's in your life? And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Like, okay. And just him saying, do you not see how much you're loved by me and how much you're loved by your family? And I was like, huh. So that was that night, and I went to bed. <laughs> I didn't pray or anything. And I was like, okay. But it made me think. And, like, um, the next night, uh, my mom sat down with me. And she's like, how are things going? And <laughs> something, like, almost in me, like, rose up. And just everything poured out. Just like all the struggles, like all the pain, all the hurt, all the brokenness that I had been feeling the last however many years, I just cried out and said, Mom, this is what I'm going through. Like this is what I'm struggling with. I need help. I need salvation from my own destruction. And she was like, Wow. And we sat there and we just cried. No words were said. Nothing was, why didn't you tell me sooner? It was, we just sat there and we wept. And after that, we prayed some prayers of of just deliverance and, and inner healing. But it was a changing point. It was a turning point for me. And I knew that the Lord was there and he was there on my behalf he was there because he wanted a relationship with me and up until that point i had known who he was and i had you know been to church and i had been to spiritual events and conferences but sitting that night um i think it was in spring on my parents couch the the, literally like months before i was graduating high school it's like I said to myself, I want to be alive on the inside. I don't want this pain. I don't want this confusion. I want to know who I am. And I just remember praying to the Lord and just saying to change me, transform me, come into me, and make, make your presence known in my life, because I have nowhere to go. And I felt like I had no one to turn to until that incident happened um so in the following months um i don't even know how to explain it but all i can just declare is that the lord is so faithful he is so faithful because in those coming months after that it's like my life had no direction and once i called upon the lord Literally within a couple months, the direction was there. It it was there, and I knew that the Lord had plans for my life. I knew that I had a future in him, and I knew that, you know, there's going to be trials. There's going to be, tr- you know, things that, that I, you know, I'm still I'm experiencing and, and was going to experience, but I know that the Lord was there for me, and I knew that he wanted what was best for me. And just, like, it was almost like I had, like, this, like, heap of garbage, like, over me. And the Lord just, like, took one hand and just, like, swished it to the side. And, like, it was, like, such a process and, and, like, a journey. But I could not be more thankful for what he has done for me. Like, seriously, it is so, every day that I wake up, I am so grateful that, just another day to live and what the Lord has given me. And even even one night, even some of those, those old thoughts and those old, um, you know, emotions and, and feelings tried to rise back up. And I just even felt, heard the Lord say clearly to me that just almost like the second chance he's given me. I've already been given a second chance through adoption and given a chance that millions of other kids never get. But on top of that, through his sacrifice and what he's done in my life, he's given me two chances. And um, I've just been super blessed. Each day is a blessing for the Lord. Even if it's raining and storming, and, you know we're in the middle of a blizzard, I'm like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, seriously. Because I'm just so grateful for what he's done. And just the people in my life, um, my friend, Israel is here. Can you, Israel, can you wave your hand real quick? Yeah, he's one of the guys that growing up, we've known each other since kind of middle school, but that I was able to, you know, confide in and put my trust in, you know, that the Lord, I really believe our friendship is something that the Lord has set up because I really consider him like a brother. And, um, but it's just, it's cool to see how the Lord placed certain people in my life to speak into who I was even when I wasn't really believing it. There was a man named Joey Stantz. I don't know if you, if you guys know him, but I just remember um, him reaching out to me and like, constantly like speaking into my life and encouraging me. While I attended Way of the Lord in Blaine, I constantly had people speaking into my life. And it was such a blessing. Literally, it's, it's only God who set it up. There's no other way. Because if it if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have met these people. I wouldn't have been in these places. Um, and just how the Lord has completely restored my identity has just been such a blessing that I'm thankful for every day. Yeah. Oh wow. Too hard of
1: that.
0: Mm. What was your name? Star. Star. I'm happy you're here. Thank Seriously, Star. praise God. Yeah. yeah. And your daughter too. Thank I don't. You. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I just want to, you know, declare who God is. Just In my life, he is totally the joy of my salvation. All my strength and all my hope is in him. And I just want to just testify of his goodness and just a couple points um, that I wanted to outline, just how this is really, I felt like, relating to identity and how um, I just was, as I was coming here today, I just felt like there are some people here who have struggled with the same thing. And um, I just really feel like the Lord is going to want to do something tonight through that. So I'm just going to share a couple more points that I had um, in just regards to that. Um, And just even as I woke up uh, this morning, I just even felt like the Lord was saying to me, um, I just felt like this peace, you know and and this uh this joy this morning and um people had always been you know telling me like this the last few weeks like oh what do you what do you want you know for your birthday like it's coming up like what do you want like what do you need and I couldn't think of anything but just even thinking today I am so grateful it is so good to be alive seriously it, it is and um you know what I've really thought about is that material things are nice, they're nice to have and and uh, they're nice to receive, but God has restored something in me that no gift or no material item can ever re- replace and that's and that's an identity in him and so this today I was just um yeah, I just feel all warm and fuzzy, like a stuffed animal, <laughs> but yeah um I just wanted to share uh, one quick thing. Um, <laughs> you okay? I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> so you. Uh, um, just a couple of points that, uh, I really felt like I have a heart for just reaching out those who are, that are lost and broken and going in similar positions. And I feel like, Um, there's just some, a couple of words of encouragement that the Lord wants me to share with you tonight. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, to say tonight that for those of you feeling that is that, um, he loves you and he's invested in you and, um, it's because he cares about you and he believes in the plans for your lives and that you're so worth investing in. And I was just even thinking about today, how, um, different uh, people through scripture that came to mind. Um, I was reading about, you know, uh, uh, David and how just the whole sequence of events leading up to to how he even became king. But the one that stuck out to me was um, when just going to fight Goliath. And just like what he would have thought to himself is, if you could even picture what it was like for him just saying, like, you're going in to fight this giant. Your brothers are wondering, why are you here, really? This whole army is really kind of mocking you and saying, this is who you're sending to fight our champion. And, you know, David, like the dude, when he says, even in the lines of scripture, I was like, dang, that's so confident about how he's going to conquer this giant. But I often wonder if there's something inside of him that was like, what did I get myself into? Kind of like going in and, and wanting to do that. And, um, but I just really, what, what stood out to me is that he believed in who God said he was. And he was able to take that and walk in confidence and walk in, uh, walk in that, and God gave him the victory because of that. um, I was also uh, thinking about. Sorry, just one sec. Um, Just even Gideon, how uh, with the three hundred men, and just in in the beginning, where um, the Lord's instructing him to do these tasks to you know choose who he's gonna to have in his army, and just even seeing the numbers dwindle down, you know, you're going to fight this army of thousands of men, and you have 300 guys. Like me, I'd be thinking to myself, what? 300 is what I have? But he doesn't say that. He he continues to stand on God's, you know, uh, on what God tells him to do, and believe the plans that God has for him and his men. And just even like feeling i feel like even like the internal struggle of of thinking <coughs> you know god like what's what's it going to look like how how are you going to bring me from one point to the other you know but i just really felt like the lord was emphasizing tonight of about standing on the promises that he has for your life because he does there's going to be different things that you go through and different things that you experience um but The Lord has called you all for a specific place, for a specific time, to do things for him. Um, The last thing is just uh, reaching out uh, to those who are lost and are broken. Um, I just saw, I was looking at some things on the internet, and I just saw every year more than a million Americans try to commit suicide and 40,000 take their lives. Um, For every one uh, woman that commits suicide, um, four men commit theirs. Meaning so, if one woman was to commit suicide, four guys would be successful in their attempt as well. Um, But it also said that women are three times more likely to try to commit suicide than men. Um, 22% of suicides each year are veterans. and suicide is the 10th leading cause uh, in America each year. Um, and I was thinking, like, Lord, like, I, I feel like that in, in different communities and, and, and in the U.S. that we've kind of, there's, like, almost like this culture of death and destruction where the enemy is just taking people out. And just kind of like the mentality of, well, gee, like, that's, that's really too bad that that happened. And just kind of, like, as a whole, like, our, our mentality towards that is like, oh, man, that, that, that's really too bad that it happened. But there's nothing really we can do, you know? And just kind of, like, how I've heard, like, different interviews with different people saying that. But I feel like the Lord was even saying, like, no, you know, that that's such a lie that the enemy puts in people's ears and and saying that there's there's nothing that you can do to to cause this, you know, attack really against our generation. And um I just really felt like the Lord was commending us in a call to arms in a sense for all of us to really go out and and to to make an impact in into the communities around us. Like if you could even just picture what it would be like if you are a student at Northwestern or a different college or or somewhere else like going down to someone and sitting next to them or sitting at someone who looks a little bit more isolated or someone who's a little bit off by themselves or if it's in your neighborhood um, you know having like a grilling night or some way to get people involved in your community and I really feel like even those that isolation that people experience is you know leading up to the suicide is because of that and there's I've, I've heard so many stories of people said, yeah, this guy was always alone. He didn't have any friends. Oh, this person always kept to themselves at work. that They were never really a social person. And just even like the Lord saying and, and almost like ask having us go out and be that light and, and saying like, hey, can I, can I eat lunch with you today? Or what are you doing this weekend? Or, you know, oh, hey, I'm thinking about having a, a, a movie night. Or we're thinking about having a, a a barbecue. Why don't you come over? You know, we'll, we'll grill and, and we'll talk. And how the door can be opened for, for for you personally to really speak and bring impact into different people's lives for God's glory and his kingdom. I just really felt like that was, like, such a, a desire that the Lord had put on my heart. And, um Yeah. I don't know did you
1: oh sorry <laughs> he's d- he's done what he's asking us to do because he's adopted first nation people and uh, often going there mm-hmm. and in fact is that your destiny uh, have you do uh, you feel called to do that as a as a future calling yeah as a full-time call i think so yeah no, no, not it not. seems like it sure seems like it so he's not encouraging us to do something that he hasn't stepped into fully in fact he's gotten a uh, real favor that uh, many other people older who have been at it a lot longer have not had you've had you've had them like leaders of tribes haven't you mm-hmm. that have that have invited you to come back and spend time with them mm-hmm. yeah so god's really blessed you Hey, how was it that we did this on your birthday? I had no idea. I had no idea. I think that was God just putting that together, both to really affirm, right, 21, but also to give encouragement to us because some of us are struggling and some of us fight ourselves. So we want to pray together now as a group, but then we'll pray one-on-one or or two together, but uh, we're a safe place here, and we're free to share where we have struggles, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to just raise your hand if what I say now is true of you, that you're going through something that really comes at you, that attacks you. And it makes you feel sometimes like you don't like yourself, like you struggle to like yourself because of what you're going through. We want to pray for for you. So uh, just put your hand up if that's if that's where you find yourself now, okay? There's some back there. Tina, okay. Jade, no, Nemo. So uh want everybody to be touched, everybody that with their hand up. Keep your hand up until at least two people are touching you. There are a couple in the back. There's some right here. And there are three here. I'm really glad that Tina is here tonight. Tina, uh, do you feel comfortable uh, with me sharing anything, or would you prefer I didn't? Uh, I don't have to. (laughs) Do you think it is better? Okay. Tina's married, has a wonderful husband, has a uh, wonderful (laughs) son. And at a time when, when things got difficult for her, she, she uh, shook, just shook him. We'd understand that. You know, that happens. And somehow she was willing to tell the uh, social worker, the people, and so they uh, have her son now wi- with some foster foster parents. So, so she separated from her own boy. So that's a tough one. This is really tough. <coughs> yeah, good things are going to come out of it. We know that, but it's a really tough time now. So, we bless Tina and and uh, Jade is is uh, new to us. We're really glad to have Jade with us. And uh, whatever your situation is now, we're going to pray for God to show His love. Something shifted for you and it uh, a new day came and you began to have hope mm-hmm. you had hope so let's pray for hope to come to these people father we some of us don't know what it is to live with uh struggling and trying to trying to have hope and not having hope we're sorry we're sorry for these in our midst here that uh, have a tough time uh, feeling hope, have a tough time loving themselves and they, th- where uh, things have happened in their life like what happened to Tina or, or others here where it's really hard for them not to beat themselves up. Father, we pray that even as we talked earlier about, about experiencing your love, that tonight people would experience your love in a fresh way. Let it happen, God. We can't make it happen but we can receive it. We can say yes. We can say yes to your love and let it come in. I remember when Karen, after we lost a child at birth, there was a time, about eight months after, that she kind of opened up her heart to let, the, to let the love of God come in. And maybe some of you need just to do that, just to open up your heart now. Just say, I, I open up. My heart to receive, Lord. Let your love now come in. Let your love. Let your affirmation come in. God, you were worth. Uh, we were worth your dying for. That's something. So let let your love just pour in to each one of these now. Nemo and Jade and Tina, and Nathan and Star and any others who are back there who raised their hand and said, I need a fresh experience. As you gave it to Jacob, would you give it to people tonight? Cause your love to, however, just to trickle down on them. Love that. Love that refrain. Oh, Jesus, you make all things new. Oh, Jesus, you make all things new. Now, if you're near somebody, you go ahead. One or two, you pray. Pray for those that you're close to. Take some t- moments now. If you're not with somebody, you can pray for one another. Pray. Pray blessing. Pray strength of identity. If you're sitting next to somebody, go ahead and pray for one another. If you want to come forward and have Jacob, Jacob will pray for you. Nate will pray for you. We've got people up here that will be glad to pray for you.